Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. The Yates Sporting Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. You can participate there. We get this. Uh, moisture is falling from the sky. Wouldn't call it rain. What would you, what would you call it then? Uh, Indiana in the South Loop. Oh, you could call it like a mist. A mist. Or okay. drizzle. I didn't get the impression or feeling that it was going to rain this morning. I didn't either. That's you know? surprising. Yeah, it yeah. was a little surprising. Uh, another surprising was a black and white right before we exit at uh, uh, Avenue Q off the Marsha Sharp. I felt like he was there for me this morning, but I was going speed limit. Okay, good. Okay, so I just went, oh, that's, you know, I don't know if you're there for the overnighters or there for the early risers, uh, but uh, I was fine. I was within... I was within the range. He is there for, he or she is there for everyone. Everyone. Protect right. and serve, Chuck. Right, protect and serve. That's exactly right. So, uh, Risa writes in with regard to Cleveland and Deshaun Watson. No, Cleveland did not sign up for this. We've been dealing with this group of incompetent owners and managers far too long. Uh, I would say, I would say, tell me when you had a competent owner, even when uh, Art Modell was the owner of the Cleveland Browns before he moved them to Baltimore. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess I would ask, did the Browns think that everything was going to go away? Yeah. I don't think, I mean, if they thought that, that seems like a really silly decision. Clearly. Maybe the Browns fans didn't sign up for it, but that, and and that's why I say I feel like they they knew what they were getting into. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. They knew he was under investigation. It's just like I, it's just like, you know, we've had this conversation before about, you know, college basketball program does something wrong and they fire their head coach and and then a new coach comes in and then the new recruits come in and now here come the punishment, right? Later on and yep. and we'll oh well those poor kids, they, they didn't they didn't do anything wrong. Why why are they being punished? But they chose a school that they knew was under investigation. Sure. Okay? And so you just like the coach did. Yeah, you you knew what you you mm-hmm. knew what you were getting into. You knew this was a possibility. I'm sorry. I know you didn't do anything wrong, but I'm sorry. You that you got to be smarter than that when you make decisions of where you want to go to school. One of the decisions should be: Is there the potential for this program to be, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on probation? Well, if there is, you should go. I think I probably should go somewhere else. And if you're good enough to be uh, asked to go to that one, you're probably good enough to be asked to, to go, go to another one. To, to go to another yeah, one, unless so. they've just got some kind of fantastic educational department that you're going there for, then right. All college basketball players are doing that. No, no, no doubt. Or football. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this uh, took place yesterday. Uh, Bill Russell passed away. Sad. 88 years old. I mean, you would have to say had a great life. Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, with all that he accomplished on and off the court. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that based on the fact that it was really not public that he um, uh, was sick, uh, it said that he died peacefully with his wife at his side. So with those... With those kind of statements, you get the impression that he was, this, this was not sudden. This was not shocking, at least to his family. It might be to his fans. But the kind of player that Bill Russell was and the kind of guy that didn't necessarily always seek publicity that probably went out the way that he wanted to. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, we didn't know for a long period of time that he was 
you know, ill and that mm-hmm. he was heading towards that. So I, I, uh, I assume that you're right there. So many uh, consider him best ever, or some consider him the greatest ever. Is... Well, well, and you look at the championships. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that gives him that. I don't think, I I don't think most consider him the greatest player ever. I think, I mean, championships factors into it, and I think he's he's deservedly in the conversation. But I I don't think that most consider him the best ever. Would he? What he do is, I mean, I'm not going to say he would win 11 championships as a player. I mean, or that he would, would be five-time NBA uh, MVP, but I mean, he would be more than competitive in today's game, right? Or not? I don't know. I mean, it's different. It's I mean, different people game. are made differently mm-hmm. now. I, I mean, I, I mean, I just look at it like, I mean, do you you look at Wilt's numbers? You look at his numbers. I know he won more championships, but I mean, he, he, we're talking big men, right? Posts, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. centers. I mean, I'm putting Wilt ahead of Bill Russell, even though Russell's got way more championships. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just talking about just the center position. Yeah. We're not even including the, the MJ LeBron factor in here. Right, yeah. right. Uh, 12-time All-Star, 8-time NBA uh, second team, 3-time first team, 4-time um, NBA re- rebounding champion. That's impressive. Yeah, all of it's impressive, yeah, all of it's and impressive. and it seemed like a classy guy as well. There's mm-hmm. a lot to like there. He, I mean, he probably still would be able to get out. I mean, not now, eighty eight, but you know what I mean. Sure. But, but his skills that he had then probably would allow him to compete. And, mm. um, but I mean, guys are just bigger, stronger, faster now. It's it's a different deal. Yeah, and you know, obviously, uh, an NCAA champion and an Olympic champion as well. He was the MOP of the fifty five tournament. Most outstanding player. Um, so anyway, I you know, and I and then and then you kind of look at what he did, just you know, for humanity as well. I mean, he he was uh, a soft-spoken guy who uh, tried to advance you know race relations all throughout his life. Uh, even w- and I would I would tell you it's probably substantially harder in the fifties than it was today than oh, it is today. Goodness, yes, I would imagine. I, I mean, I just look at. Bill Russell and I just think nothing but class. Nothing but class. I mean, yep. he was a terrific player, but just everything, every time you heard him speak or the way he handled himself, mm-hmm. you know, his comments, you know, at times they would ask him about the current NBA and all that. He would never, never talk down or t- talk bad about other players or anything. I mean, he just it just seemed like a class guy to me. Yeah. So uh, if you have thoughts on uh, Bill Russell, and, you know, the thing that's sad is, at least for me, is he's he's really before my time, you know, in terms of because he played from '56 to '69, so I would have been eight nine years old. I do not remember him as a player. Yeah, I'm, obviously I you don't. I yeah. don't either. Yeah. yeah, I barely remember him as a coach, and re- where I remember him as a coach is where it didn't work for the Sacramento Kings hmm. because he came back and coached late in his life. Well, late in his coaching life, '87 to '88, is he? Uh, coached the uh, the Kings he coached the Celtics for three years and uh, won a couple championships uh, with the Celtics but that was that was even in the late 60s when he was when he was playing so uh, Bill Russell dead at 88 uh, 622 this morning here on the morning drive uh, take your thoughts and comments on the eighth flooring center chat line go to double t 97 com for that or the mobile app benchmark hotline is open as well at 806 771 
So we had uh, a little bit of conversation on Friday about uh, conference realignment. It's uh, it's always going to be, a, a, I guess, a topic of conversation. Uh, there was some thought that maybe we would see some movement over the weekend. We did not yet. yet uh, every day it feels like um, something could happen, and every day nothing happens. Don't, do you feel like at this point that we're settled now at least through the end of the year? Yes. Eh, probably. Probably so. Probably so. I mean, there may be some, you know, non-Power 5 schools, but in terms of the... It would the, be it would be smart, I think, for those Pac-12 schools to get everything figured out, right? To just kind of chill for a little bit, reassess the situation, mm-hmm. and not make a, a hasty, quick decision. Well, the, the Big 12 still kicking the tires um, of, the, of the Pac-12, mm-hmm. um, which they should. Um, it, uh, it, you know, it's disappointing. You hear some reports from over the weekend that the USC president sabotaged the expansion of the Pac-12, um, you know, last year, knowing that probably, hey, we're leaving to go to the Big Ten. So I guess it's just business, right? So they knew from that long ago? Yeah, it kind of sounds like it. Mm-hmm. kind of sounds like that. The, some of those st- were in the planning stages, at least. But Sounds like <laughs> Texas sabotaging expansion of the Big 12. Right. No, it, it, it does. I mean, and, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to fend for yourself, right? Um, it's just, why, do, why do we think that Texas sabotaged expansion of the Big 12? I mean, weren't we all in agreement that the schools that were offered up to us were just going to slice the, the pie smaller and that we it wasn't going to yeah, move? It's kind of, that's, that was kind of my take, uh, but that, Jeff... Now, Je- Jeff, now does, did Texas keep us from having a conference... Uh, you know, uh, a TV channel that would w- we could make money off of? Did Texas, you know, factor into uh, ha- maybe having a stronger vote than everybody else sure. and other things? A- absolutely. But I, I don't know that I would say that Texas killed our chances of expansion because I, I felt like the Big 12 had made the right decision to, to not add just to add. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody came up and said, well, if you add so-and-so and so-and-so. It's going to bring you a lot more gonna money. It's going to bring you a lot more money. All yeah. it's going to do is shrink the pie. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. Today is 1 August 2022. Here is Jeff McGuire. I'm going to start in 1906. Because anytime I get to say the Brooklyn Superbass, Major League pitcher Harry McIntyre, no hits the Pittsburgh, uh, Mo hits Pittsburgh for 10 and two thirds of an inning, mm. but loses in the 13th, one to nothing on an unearned run. Mm. The Super Bats, the team that got no hit? Uh, no, they were doing the no hitting. Okay. But they ended up losing one to nothing. Okay. Well, they didn't score a single run. So, I mean, did they change the name from Super Bats after that first? No, day? Bass, B A S, not Bats. Oh, Super Bass? Super Bass. Okay. S-U-P-E-R-B-A-S. Super Bass. Oh, that's an odd name. Again, why I like saying it, because it's kind of fun. 1918, Pittsburgh and the Boston Braves play a Major League Baseball record 20 scoreless innings. All without a ghost runner on second base. Before the Pirates win 2 to nothing in the 21st inning. 1941, New York Yankees pitcher Lefty Gomez sets a Major League Baseball record for most walks in a shutout in issuing 11 walks in a 9 to nothing win over the Browns. Oh. That's scattered. effectively wild. They scattered those walks. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
1945 New York Giants outfielder Mel Ott hits his historic 500th Major League Baseball home run, joining Babe Ruth and Jimmy Fox as the only players to reach that milestone. Obviously up to that point. 1962, Boston Red Sox pitcher, oh, I messed this up, and I heard, listened to it like four times, uh, Bill Monabunky, Monabunky, M-O-N-B-O-Q-U-E-T-T-E. If you'd have said it real fast, we'd have never known. No, I, there's no way I could have done that. What? No hits the White Sox, one to nothing. Spell it again? M-O-N-B-O-Q-U-E-T-T-E. No clue. Yeah, I listened to it like four Monobokit. times. Monabunky. Sure. Anyhow, through no hitter against the White Sox. Congratulations. You and everybody else. 1970, future Hall of Fame outfielder Willie Stargell smacks three doubles and two homers in a 20-10 to Pirates win over the Braves at Atlanta Stadium. San Francisco Giants in 1977. First baseman Willie McCovey hits his National League record 18th Major League Baseball career grand slam. But not into McCovey Cove. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know that it was McCovey Cove at that point. But it was he might a, have hit it that was far. Candlestick. They didn't go into the bay there. Yeah. After the 13th running in 1982 of the Midsummer Classic, Darrell Waltrip becomes the first driver to win the Talladega 500 twice. Mm. 1984, 1994, excuse me, Baltimore shortstop Cal Ripken Jr. becomes only the second player after Lou Gehrig to appear in 2,000 consecutive Major League Baseball games in a one to nothing win over the Twins. And in 1996, Dan O'Brien wins the decathlon gold medal at the Atlantic, uh, uh, at the Atlanta Olympics to become the first American since Bruce Jenner in seven, 1976 to win the grueling event. It is August 1st, therefore, it is National Catfish, Panini, Peach, and Sandwich Month. Fitting that the Panini and the Sandwich are in the same month. I'm, uh, I'm out on the uh, catfish. I'll eat some catfish. Will you? Okay. Yeah, I'm not a huge cold sandwich guy. And Panini, whatever. Yeah, to me that's a... Brand of baseball cards, not a food. I like the panini, but I like it without the mushrooms. Well, you can almost make anything into a panini. Yeah. No, I know, but panini, I mean, you, you like, go to, panini is kind of like a tortilla, right? It's, I mean, it's somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. Does it, it always have mushrooms like, in it? Well, I mean, when you go to the store where I go to, it generally has mushrooms in it. I mean, okay. I mean, I'll have one every once in a while, but I always uh-huh. pick the mushrooms off. It's also National Raspberry Cream Pie Day. Raspberry cream? I really don't like anything with the cream part. Okay, I was going to say, you, you're usually big on the raspberry. Yes, yes. Happy birthday to Coolio, who turns 59. <laughs> Coolio is 59. Yes. Wow. Adam Jones is 37, Madison Bumgarner 33, and uh, Coach Roy Williams is 72. And on this day, 1944... Anne Frank, the young Jewish girl hiding out in Nazi-occupied Holland, whose diary came to serve as a symbol of the Holocaust, writes her final entry three days before she and her family are arrested and placed in concentration camps. Mm. And that is this day in sports history. Uh, this, uh, from my line, from Dr. Mike Gustafson, Mon Boquette is what That's he says. That's it. Yes. Mon Boquette. 
I do not remember that name at all. Mon Boquette. So thank, thank you, Dr. Gus. Uh, he'll be on uh, the air this afternoon with Aaron Dickens for their edition of Tech Talk, uh, the Monday edition from 3 until 6 p.m. Okay. Uh, 6.51 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Met a number of Morning Drive listeners Saturday night at Journey at United Supermarkets Arena. That's good. Yep. Number of them. You so. must have known everybody there because I think everybody I knew was there. There was a lot of people that were there. Were you there? No. Okay. I was at home wondering why no one wanted to invite me because uh, everybody else I knew was apparently there. There was a lot of, pe- a lot of people there. I uh, was lucky enough to catch a drumstick during the show. Cool. <laughs> I'm de- I think that's the most athletic achievement that I've ever achieved in front of the lucky lady. Mm. It, was a, it was a used one that had broken during the show, and the lead singer came out, threw it into the crowd, and I um, reached up with my left hand. I've always had good hands, not good wheels, and a one-handed that, brought it down in, held nice. on to it, and nice. gave it to the lucky lady. Awesome. So I felt... I felt uh, Felt like I'd achieved some something on Saturday, mm-hmm. so that was that was a, it was a great show on uh, Saturday night, six fifty two this morning, here on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t dot com for that of the mobile app. Uh, Jeff's talked about this in Sports Center, but Reed Detmers had an immaculate inning against the Texas Rangers yesterday. So nine pitches to get three outs. It's the third. Of the year against yeah. the Rangers. And like all, all strikeouts, too. And all strikeouts, too, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, this matches the 1979 San Francisco Giants as the only lineups to have three immaculate innings thrown against them in a season. What an up-and-down season for that guy. I remember he's the guy that pitched for Louisville, who came here to Lubbock, and we lit him up in the regional. But uh, Detmers threw a no-hitter mm-hmm. early on in the season mm-hmm. Okay, as a rookie. And then was not good and got sent back down. And now he's back up and he throws an immaculate inning. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, uh, it's the 109th immaculate inning in Major League Baseball history. So. How many? 109. 109. Okay. 109. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's been a lot of times when we've, when we've compared hitting for the cycle to the no-hitter. Maybe the better thing to do would be say, okay, it's it's probably more difficult to get an immaculate inning than to get four hits, you know, single, double, triple, home run in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. So there you there you have that. So I don't know. Was, you know, the, the Rangers uh, take three of four. They go five and six on their eleven game road trip. They're home tonight against the Orioles. We'll have it for you at six thirty. Balls and strikes at about. 705 uh, tonight uh, here on Double T 97.3. The Rangers um, are 46 and 55. They're 21 and 26 at home, 25 and 29 away from home. Um, you expect a trade today by them or at least by 5 o'clock tomorrow? Uh, potentially that there would be some guys that that they would move off of their roster to bring in some more young talent. Potentially, I, I don't I don't know which guys just jump out to me. I mean, Martin Perez is the guy that jumps off the table to me. Okay, okay, that's a good one as as a pitcher. Yep. And I and uh, he has said that he didn't the, the last the, the last quotes that I said last, saw last week 
said that he wanted to stay with the Rangers, but mm-hmm. man, you know, I kind of feel like he's captured lightning in a bottle and he probably could help somebody pitching wise down the stretch that could maybe get him into a playoff situation. So the question is, do the Rangers feel like this is the real Martin Perez, mm-hmm. who's now changed his name to something different? It's Perez or something. Perez, yeah. It's <laughs> the broadcasters go back and forth. So yeah. I guess I'll just keep calling him Mar- Martin Perez. Yeah. Um, uh, it, they it, it, do the Rangers feel like okay this is who he is and he's going to be this way again next year or is this his one year his his moment in the sun so if that's the case the Rangers would move him and get them sell him when he's at a, a at high his, point yeah at his peak yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it feels like we've seen this movie before with other pitchers and other teams where a veteran kind of yeah captures this you know mm-hmm. kind of great season and then you know after that kind of tapers off so we'll see we'll see what happens getting you up and getting your sports day started this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 hey good morning welcome to two to monday it is the morning drive on lubbock sports station double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com with uh, jamie lent and jeff mcguire i'm chuck hines we come to you from the first united bank double t 97.3 studio look forward to hearing from you on the eighth flooring center chat line benchmark hotline is open as well it's a busy week the high school football Guys uh, get underway in uh, other sports as well today uh, all across the city. So uh, if you uh, have one at uh, your house and uh, they're not up yet, they probably ought to get going, right? Maybe so. At this point, <laughs> they ought to be ready to be... get a good breakfast in them. <laughs> right. And get off to, uh, get off to practice. Uh, Texas Tech football will begin their practicing on Friday as uh, the Red Raiders will then have their annual media day uh, activities on Thursday. Quarterbacks will be available on uh, Thursday morning from 10 to 10.30. Uh, The offensive uh, student athletes from 10.30 to 11.25. And then the defensive guys from 11.25 to 12.20. The head football coach will speak at 1.30, followed by his defensive coordinator, Tim DeRuiter, at 2. And then offensive coordinator, Zach Kitley, at 2.15. The uh, things that are going to be interesting um, with the quarterbacks, Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, and Baron Morton, it's interesting. They're not listed alphabetical order because Morton would be listed first. Shuck's listed first, then Smith, then Morton on this schedule. Okay. Okay. So I don't don't know if that means anything. Uh, Coach McGuire on Thursday spoke to the Ronald McDonald House uh, sack attack uh, luncheon. And he opened it up for questions uh, from those that were in attendance. And he, he said, don't ask me about quarterback. I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just to get that out of the way just real to, quick. Just to get that out of the way real quick. Uh, he, he did say that uh, uh, there were going to be packages for all of them. And we talked about this on Friday. I just want to get you into the, into the loop. Um, and then that... Uh, once they got inside the red zone, that if Donovan Smith wasn't the guy, but that he would play, okay, uh, in the red zone. He said, if Smith's not the guy, you'll see him. Uh, he said there'd be packages for all the quarterbacks, said he doesn't believe in rotations, and whoever's the, st- the starter will get some time. Whoever's the starter will get some time. In other words, there won't be a quick yank on the, you know, okay, on the rope. And so, so to speak, that's that's the takeaway that I that I took from that. 
packages for all of these guys. I mean, okay, let's just uh, let's say Donovan Smith is the quarterback, mm-hmm. is the starting quarterback. We can do this with any of the guys. But let's say Donovan Smith. We know what package Donovan Smith would be running if he wasn't the starting quarterback, right? Because mm-hmm. we've seen it. Right. You know, him running some quarterback draws and doing things like that. He's big. And Coach McGuire. Near the goal line, physical yeah. runner, you know, fourth and one kind of stuff, anywhere on the field, those kind of things, right? Third and one. Sure. Okay, all that. Donovan Smith. What package do you see Baron Morton and or Tyler Shuck coming in for if Donovan Smith was the starting quarterback? I don't have the answer for this. I don't either. I mean, I think that's a great that's a great that's a great point. So does that does that mean that you'd rather have Smith come in off the bench for one of those deals? Uh, now he did he does feel like that all three of his quarterbacks are very similar in terms of they don't have to design, you know, different different deals. He he feels like you know they're they're all basically you know dual threat quarterbacks. Kind of how he feels that what he said and that. You don't necessarily have to. You don't have like a pocket passer and a dual threat guy, or you know something along those lines. He feels like the coach Kitley's got you know basically the same guy to work with, depending on who he picks. But the point that you bring up is: um, Are the other guys? Can the other guys be as physical? He did say that Shuck was up I, to two thirty-five. The point I'm trying to make is: I I, I just don't understand. I, I guess I have not seen enough of those other two guys. Sure. Which, I mean, I agree with what you just said. That as far as what Coach McGuire said, that you have three guys that are dual threats. I mean, Tyler Shuck showed us enough last year that he can run the football and he can hurt you with his legs too. Um, also, can can make a lot of the throws, and I think that's what we've seen in our limited time with Baron Morton, as he's a good athlete too, mm-hmm. and uh, also has a strong arm and can make make big throws. All the above. I just don't know what package, if Donovan's in there, are you saying, okay, we're taking Donovan out to run this play with Tyler Shuck. What's, oh, it's third and 31, and so we need to throw the ball a long way? That, that was kind of... That's, that seems silly, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but if it's third and 31, it w- you'd probably make the case that Morton would be the guy that would go in more so than Shuck, right, in terms of the arm strength? I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I've seen enough of Bear Morton to say he's got the strongest arm. I've heard that. I've heard that. Okay, I've heard that. I, that's just. I again. I, I'm. I'm anxious. I don't feel like I know enough about those two guys. Mm-hmm. We saw Tyler for what four games last year? Yeah. Is that right? Four games. And felt like he definitely is a dual threat quarterback and and all that. I don't know what we have in Baron Morton. I keep hearing great things about him, but I don't. I, don't, I just don't really know. I, I, that's just that's um, that'll be interesting to see what packages if they're not the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a situation where each one of the quarterbacks does something better than the others, and they're going to put packages in place for those guys in if those situations come up. Okay, I don't know what they would necessarily be. I was going to say, tell me what they. What, I, but that's I, what maybe Chuck that's and I what are trying to figure out. What is right. it that Tyler does better? What is it that Barron does better? That you would put him in for? It's a great question. I, I don't have the answer but because I, we know Donovan's a physical runner. Right. We yeah, know. We know that's where his. Is. That's where he what he does better than the other two. Um. This is just very. I, I mean, maybe he goes. Like back I'm to, anxious to find out what we have in these guys. 
maybe it's the I mean going back to last year when we were talking about the the quarterback battle that one of them had a cannon and one of them had a much better touch on the ball that one of them throws a much better deep ball which was Tyler and given the opportunity if you needed somebody to throw deep that's if you're in the the long and or or short on time in a game where you've got to get lots of yardage very quickly so so maybe Tyler Barron's um their gift is the uh the, the uh, Hail Mary that's their package yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody says this off the East Morning Center chat line. That's a great point about the quarterback packages, Jamie. I think it's an indication indicator that McGuire doesn't believe Smith will be the starter. I I think I would agree with that. I I I think I'm I think I'm right there with this texter. Okay. Yeah. Um, you you agree or disagree or do you feel that way? I just I just kind of look at. I guess I disagree because I mean I I I. I think it is a great point what you just made. I think that is a, a very good point. <laughs> I just look at it from the standpoint that I still think that Donovan's my guy. Okay. Okay. You know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I had somebody send me this over the weekend just just to point out, Donovan Smith was the MVP of the bowl game, 252 yards passing, two touchdowns. I could not be more confused as to who I think will be the starting quarterback. I am. I, I keep going back and forth on it. Um, I think, I think Tyler Shuck, but who knows? Who knows? But I don't quite understand, and I'm not questioning it in a negative way. I'm just wondering, like, what packages do those two have that when he said we have packages for each of them? I, I, I that's confusing to me. Okay. Two minute offense, maybe? Maybe, maybe. Now the question will be how quickly in camp will he name a starter? Hmm. That's uh I'm curious about that as well. So week happened yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the morning drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, my question of the day deals with the Red Raider football and the quarterback situation. I don't want you to look and think about the future. I don't want you to look and think about down the road, anything like that. I want you to look one game. You've got one game to win. Mm-hmm. Which of the three Red Raider starting quarterbacks, or which of the three Red Raider quarterbacks are you starting? You going to tell me which game, or do I get to pick a game, or just pick the quarterback? No, just one game. Which quarterback are you starting? I'm starting Devon, Donovan Smith. I mean, I, I, I mean, he, 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 he led you uh, in that uh, Liberty Bowl win over Mississippi State, and I think that, I think he deserves to be the starter, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick him, Jeff. Sticking with Shuck. I've been in Chuck's camp since he got here a year ago, or I guess more than a year ago now. Uh, I liked what we saw early in the season. It sucks that he had broke this collarbone early. I would have liked to see him more of that. Um, but uh, I, I like what he's presented in leadership. I like what he's done off the field as well with regards to working with teammates and whatnot. You hear nothing but good things. I'm going with Chuck. All right, you're in Chuck's camp. I'm in Chuck's camp. I'm with Donovan <laughs> Smith as well. I... I think what Tyler Shuck brings to you 
over Donovan Smith and arm talent um, is minimal. And I think what Donovan brings with to you with athleticism and ability to extend plays and be a physical runner and do all that at the quarterback position is significant over Chuck, even though they're both quote-unquote dual-threat quarterbacks. So uh, I would take Donovan Smith. And the reason I can't answer Baron Morton I just haven't seen enough of him, mm-hmm. to, to be honest, and say, okay, that's my guy. And so I, I've liked what I've seen, but I just haven't seen enough. And so if it's one game right now and you're saying that's the guy, um, I, I'm, I'm answering Donovan Smith. I've seen enough of him in big, game, big games to feel like he could get the job done. He can handle that and, and yeah. move on. Now, I, I mean, I've asked the question before, on our question of the day about, you know, what's the best thing for Texas Tech? Which which is the best scenario with which guy starting? And to me, the answer is Donovan Smith or Baron Morn. It's not one guy, a guy who's going to be here for one more season. Okay, it's not. You want to if this season is as we all expect, six and six, five and seven, seven and five. I mean, are you know, you're kind of building towards the future, right? Sure. We don't even know if it's a bowl team or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, that I want to see one of those young quarterbacks developing. Um, it, it, that's that's what I want. That's what I feel like is best for the program. At the same time, um, if you were to say, well, Tyler Shuck's the best quarterback right now, what's best for the program is to them to get wins and so then you entice the recruits, hey, look, we're a winning program, we're going to bowl games and all that. I just don't see, for what I saw in the four games, I didn't see a significant upgrade from Tyler Shuck over Donovan Smith. I didn't, and in my opinion. So that's why I I am not down on Tyler Shuck by any stretch of the imagination. I, I agree with Jeff and all the things that he said about off the field and appears to be a good leader good teammate and all of those things and so i would be on board with him starting and not feel like what are we doing here right yeah not Mm -hmm. feeling that way at all um could you make that case for any of them if if coach mcguire came out and said yeah yes that's why i tell you i'm so confused yeah because i think all three are good enough Mm -hmm. to lead tech to a bowl season so i i mean i'm totally lost on who i think Coach McGuire is going to go with. It, 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 what's uh, what's what's curious to me um, is how much how much impact or how much input Zach Kitley has on this decision in terms of is this a okay this is what my recommendation and does Coach McGuire rubber stamp it uh, is this you know more than one of the offensive assistants. Or is this, I don't get the sense that this is a, quote, head coach decision only. I think that he'll take under advisement or maybe even take completely what Zach Kitley says in terms of who he wants to be his quarterback, which is which is kind of different than what we've experienced. I 100% think that it's Zach Kitley telling Joey McGuire, who he wants. this is who I want to be our guy. And Joey McGuire saying, okay, now, if that guy turns into a turnover machine, and Kitley is sitting there going, "Hey, you know, uh, give him a chance. He'll he'll get through it. He'll get through it." And McGuire is like, "No, we're turning the ball over too much." I, I think you could see 
where Coach McGuire, the head coach, who maybe mm-hmm. is a little more conservative and is thinking about the whole team, offense, defense, whatever, mm-hmm. would say, no, we can't take these chances offensively. We've got to make a change. But I think from the get-go, it's, it would be Zach Kitley saying, hey, this is the guy that's running our offense the best right now. Yeah. I'm also curious, and this kind of gets away from your question a little bit, but I'm also curious on game day, during during the games itself, what's what's Coach McGuire's role? He's got a strong defensive coordinator who's got skins on the wall. He's got an offensive coordinator who has some skins on the wall but has basically has command of the offense he's the play caller so i'm curious how i'm curious as to kind of how everything how everything goes because because it's different it may be more like what it was the last couple of years with matt wells than the previous years with uh with coach kingsbury yeah i I, that's i mean i think that's always been something that has intrigued you a little bit Mm -hmm, it has yeah and um i i i don't i don't mean this to be a jerk but I, I, I'm more Think I'm overthinking I'm, that. No, I just, I'm intrigued with what the score says. Sure. Well, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you don't. I don't care. I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm I don't care if he jumps around. I don't care if yeah. he gets excited. Yeah. I don't care if he yells at the players. I don't care if he pats them on the back. I, I, I mean, is he a good coach? Do they win games? Yeah, no, no. You know, I, I, I mean, every coach, has, every coach has different styles sure, of how sure. they do it. And, and I'm not really that interested in the process. Okay. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm curious. Uh, is Coach Kitley upstairs? Is Coach because, Garuda upstairs? Because how does that, how does that does work? the process matter? Okay. Does 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 when it all comes down to it, no. are we going to be like, hey, you know, another <clears throat> five and seven year, that's three in a row. But mm-hmm. I really like how he talks <laughs> to the guys on the sideline. No, uh, I mean, you could make the case that's like being worried about what how the cook makes your steak. And if it's good, it doesn't really matter, right? I've actually heard he's going to be wandering through the stands looking for Chuck to try to find him. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Right? Yeah, that's. Not, I mean, that's ultimately not, we're not going to. I, But it's fair for to, to wonder. I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah, because every coach is different. I yeah. think it's fair. That's just not me. I know. And that's, that's, just, that's real. I'm a black I, and white guy, and are you I've, doing your job? And I pretty much, I pretty much have uh, worn that, have assumed that role. And that's okay. To, to I mean, you're a, about that. I'm just curious. You're curious, Chuck. It's I'm okay. Curious. curious yeah. yeah. I'm curious to see if we win or not. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. It makes it uh, a lot more formidable. Uh, PJ says this. I rewatched the SFA game last night from last year. It wasn't a great offensive throwing from Shuck, and I'm not sure he's the guy. Well, that was the first game. and Yeah, but it was also like the easiest to punt. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, and they should have won that game. Uh, this, Kitley has to have the biggest input on the starting quarterback 100%. This, Coach Wells should get more credit for the quarterback room he left for Coach McGuire, especially when it com- when you compare it to what he inherited from Coach Kingsbury. Man, there's no question he left a good quarterback yeah. room. I, it would be hard to argue with that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, it's just right now. Yeah. Uh, could every- we... It- <clears throat> All right. If, well, if we're going to give him credit for leaving a great quarterback room, do we do we rip on him for leaving a bad offensive line room? Sure. Yes. Sure. Okay. I mean, we're going to get into all that. Sure. You got to take the bitter with the sweet there. Yeah. You know. Um, or having a bad offensive line room last year. I'll just say this. Coach McGuire, so far, every decision he's made seemingly has picked, he's picked the pretty girl versus the hungry lion. I'm confused. You know, like in the Roman Coliseum, you know, where they, you know, you pick the, you know, you, 
Open the door. He's combining the Roman Coliseum with Deal or No Deal. When you open the door, you either get the Zong or the Pretty Girl. Over on that defense, Chuck. I want him to pick some of those, too. Anyway. It, okay. All right. Uh, somebody said second game, not the first rest of it. Yeah, right, because she had Houston. Yeah. Uh, somebody else says this. Uh, now give Coach McGuire credit for keeping the quarterback room on campus. I think there's a lot well, to be said for go. that. Mm-hmm. A lot to be said for that. Uh, so he says, now I'm concerned. I want, that's, I want, I want lions on our team, not pretty girls. That's why I was confused. Okay. I guess my point is, he's, every decision seems like they've made so far has been the right one. How do you know? It just feels that way. <laughs> okay. It feels that way. Just feel. We're in the feels, feels that way. Feels Football that way. season is here. Chuck's got the feels. I got the feel going. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us this morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Take your thoughts and comments this morning on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Benchmark hotline is open as well at 806-771-0973. We come to you from the First United Bank Double T 97.3 studios. Um, is there anything that... <laughs> And I, I say this I say this with all sincerity, but I also know you. At least I feel like I know you. I know some of you. You do. I know some of you. Well, it's been a month. Okay. But is there anything that was like on topic last week that you're like chomping at the bit to give your <laughs> opinion on? Is there anything that took place over the past week where you're like, man, I really wish I, I could give my opinion on that? Or did you just completely just stay away from it, which I completely understand? Um, I wouldn't say that I completely stayed away from it. I mean, at some point during every day, I would pick up my phone and go to ESPN and see what the news of the day see what was. The news of the day is okay. Um, but I definitely was also not dialed in. Sure. To that kind of stuff. Uh, very often. Um, was there anything I want to give my opinion on? I I will I will say this. Um. I. And I'm somewhat, I'm not the only one that's saying this. Um, Lane Kiffin said the same thing. Can we stop using the term NIL? Because it's, it's not, this, what we have going on has nothing to do with name, image, and likeness. It's, it's pay for play. Yeah. Stop using the term NIL. Okay. When, when all of this NIL stuff came about, we were all like, oh, yeah, some of this stuff is stupid. They should be able to do this. This guy should be able to sign an autograph. This guy should be able to, Nick Shimanek should be able to sell his chairs. This guy who makes YouTube videos in Florida should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That had something to do with them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just about playing a sport. Mm-hmm. That, that stuff's not going on. Right? We didn't, we're not paying our football players $25,000 a year for their name, image, and likeness. They're, we're paying them to play football. We're paying our women's basketball team to play basketball. Yeah, they're going to have to do something for that, but in and, essence, you're right. And don't give me charity. If you're getting paid to do it, it's not charity. Okay? Yeah. No. So I'm not against... I mean, I'm, I'm accepting of these things. Mm-hmm. This is the world that we're in now. But st- stop with the NIL stuff. It's not name, image, and likeness. It's pay to play. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, it, it, does it make it does it make you feel better that we call it nil and it's less shady? But it's not accurate, though. I don't know that it makes. I don't know that it makes. Pay, me, it's pay to play. Yeah, I don't know that it makes me feel better. I, I will say this, and I don't know. I don't know how this works for football, and I I, I have limited, very limited knowledge and, and, on the on and, the basketball thing. And I know there were some basketball players last year that um, you know said, "Hey, I like eating at this chicken joint." Yeah. There's a little bit of nil there. There's a little bit of nil there. Okay, yeah, yeah. right. And there were but commercials. The, but that's not what we're. Those guys. But that's not what we're doing now, and that's not what we're seeing across the world, and, the, across the country. Now. Well, and and here's the other thing is, I don't. You know, you're you're when you do it across the board so that it, it goes to everybody. So some players, no matter the sport, some players are more valuable in the public eye than others just because. Of what they do on the on the field of play and may have may bring some additional value uh, to their name, but it, you're going to have to really work hard to get to that point where you're at that same where that return on that investment comes back like that. Yes. So explain to me. Okay. What? Wh- so like if you, I'm, what I'm so about, what our football team and our women's basketball team has. Mm-hmm. Are they representing some organization? Are they doing commercials for somebody? Are well, they, I, I don't know are how they, the football Are they on social media for somebody? I don't know how the football is going to work, but I think that is the intent for women's basketball, okay? But I just don't know. I don't know that you can recoup all of that money to the point where you're talking about, you know, almost $300,000 for, for women's basketball. Now, for football, what is it? 85 what, times, to 85 times 25000 you know, and we know this: the the number seven offensive lineman is not going to be as valuable as whomever the starting quarterback is. So mm-hmm. it is it is in essence what you're talking about: pay for play. Yeah, it's it. There's no in essence. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is. You you can try to, you know, f- frame it any way you want. It's pay for play. It's it is still, not nil. This off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. It's still nil. Now it's legal. Yeah. Now it's legal. It's it's pay for play. Yeah. I mean, so it makes us feel better. Okay, it's not pay for play. Name, image, you like? No, it's not. It's pay for play. And I don't know if it's made. I don't know if anybody's worried about it, if it's if it feels better or if we're worried about that that aspect of it. Other than this is kind of one of those deals where, on from the football standpoint, literally almost everybody else is doing it. Maybe not to the level that well, you're able to let do it me, here. Let me be clear. I am fine now that it's legal with Texas Tech doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled that they're doing it. We have found a way. Mm-hmm. To help our programs, mm-hmm. I am thrilled. It's legal, okay. And, getting, and ba- my understanding is baseball is next on the list. What? It's legal, so do it, okay. But let's not all lie to ourselves and call it nil because it's not what it is. And this is when we, you know, everybody in the world talked about. Well, you, if you open this up, you're opening Pandora's box up, and it'll lead to so much more. And the NCAA had no idea of what it was going to lead to, which yeah. everybody else could see, and somehow they couldn't, okay? Or they just basically gave up on trying to govern it. But it's, it's I mean, it's so much more. And, and there was so, some really dumb things with guys not getting credit for their name, image, and likeness mm-hmm. on stuff. That they deserve to get paid for, but for the most part, that's not what this is now. I'm not saying there aren't a few deals, okay, but for the most part, I mean, what we're talking about in these two situations, it's pay for play, period, okay. And we don't have to feel bad about saying it; it's legal, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to feel shady. It doesn't have to feel bad, but don't call it nil because it's not what it is. 
Uh, here's some things from the Yates Morning Center chat line. I'm wondering what the men's basketball team is thinking about tech women's and football players pay for play. After all, they have been bringing larger numbers of fans to their games. Oh, those guys either have been taken care of or they will be taken care of. I mean, I, I wouldn't worry at all about your men's basketball team because I think, <laughs> I think, I think there's... I mean, there are reports that one of them's getting uh, as, as much as the whole women's team combined. Yeah, so yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, I, wouldn't worry about, I wouldn't worry about them at all. I think they're, I think they're just taken care of uh, just fine. Uh, Raiders Dad says this, JL, the way it works is level 13 is giving them monthly distributions. Actually, it's going to be two distributions. They're going to get one now and one in March when it's all said and done. So you have to, so to get the full amount, you have to stay for the full season. Okay, <laughs> okay. And working deals and working deals for futures charity slash appearances. As of right now, they don't have everything lined up, which is why they can't give them the full twenty five k up front. Well, again, if doing, you're getting paid to do it, they're it's doing, not they're charity. Doing, they're doing half of it now, and they're doing half of it in March. You know, level yeah. thirteen can say they're doing charity, but the students aren't doing yeah. charity uh, because the the level thirteen guys aren't making any money off of it. So in essence, they're they're that's the way it's that's the way it's supposed to work. I mean, that's what that's what they have said. Uh, somebody says this NIL is just what they said to get this to happen, and the name stuck. It's probably some fairness to that. Sure, sure. You know, but it's not. I mean, it's not. It's just not. Yeah, it's not name, image, and likeness. It's pay for play. Uh, Brian says this for football: eighty-five plus top fifteen walk-ons. That's two point five million. Yeah, and those guys have ponied up. Uh, Richard asks if the student athletes are made to pay taxes on NIL money. Yes, they are. What about pay for play money? And on pay for play money too. <laughs> Both both of those both of those things. NAL is also easier to say, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's cleaner. Come on. Oh, we feel better. We're not paying our players. It's NIL money. It's NIL. It's yeah. name, image, and likeness. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T nine seven three dot com.